0: Hello and welcome. Are you ready to consume? My name is Dylan, aka Queen. Across all socials, I am Kanaqueen. That's K-A-N-E-K-W-E-E-N. Two E's for Twitch and YouTube. Three E's for Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Founder of Entermentaltainment and passionate consumer of entertainment media. Consume Culture is a podcast about shifting the way we consume entertainment media for the better. It's not cancel culture, it's consume culture. So we are joined with the lovely, uh, reoccurring host, Matt Ramsden. Welcome.
1: Hello. Happy to be back.
0: Hell yeah. All right. So today, um, we are going to be talking about Hereditary. But first, Matt, I'd like to know um, what you've been
1: consuming lately. So there is one thing that has consumed my every waking thought oh my God. since I like finished it. Okay. And in, like, my true fashion, I'm super late to the party.
0: Okay, love that. Um,
1: I have not stopped thinking about The Haunting of Hill House since I finished it. I still haven't seen that. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard it's really good. It's really – and it's, like, is it the scariest thing I've ever seen – no is it like the spookiest thing no but like god damn i cried from fear and emotions
0: oh my god yeah i've heard it's more like it's less of like watch it because you want to be scared and more like watch it because you want like a good story
1: yes it's it's like it's so much of what i love about like really good horror like yeah there are ghosts and it's spooky but like it's way more about trauma and the way we deal with trauma Mmm,
0: sounds like something we're going to talk about today
1: Uh-oh, a little bit <laughs> um but yeah no i i can't recommend it highly enough just want to say also trigger warnings for suicide um alcoholism drug abuse um mental illness but other than that it is just i was bowled over by it
0: okay well now that i've heard someone whose tastes i trust say that i should watch it i might i might watch it
1: (laughs) i I might at some point in the future possibly
0: (laughs) possibly i'm just i'm so bad at like watching shows yeah for me if i watch the first episode and I'm not immediately like, oh my gosh, I want to make this the next like week of my life. I, I won't watch it.
1: That's that's fair. And like, I mean
0: it has to like
1: consume me. <laughs> right. And I mean like so for me, there there's two episodes in the, I hate that there are shows that I have to do this for, which is like, oh well no, just keep watching. But like I was interested and I stayed with it, but there there's two episodes in there that just like Oh, this is going to be a problem. Um, it's, I think, episode five and six. Okay, um, so basically you
0: just just got to get there.
1: You just got to get there. Um, just for the Bent Neck Lady and Two Storms. Those two episodes.
0: Okay. Just, I will, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um,
1: what have you been consuming? Uh,
0: so <sighs> I think I have mentioned this, like, in almost half the episodes we've done so far (laughs) but you know what they've been in my stratosphere and um blackpink released their first (laughs) official album and it's so good and it's um it's very different because first of all it's only eight songs and two of them are singles we've already heard um which i feel like for like a typical US album you would never see an eight song album like maybe 10 maybe like a choice von bloom 10 situation but most of the time it's like 10 to 15 if not longer um but I really like what they've done with it because they start off the album with the first two singles so it's like okay we already know these great and then the rest of the album is just bop on bop on bop (laughs) on bop and then you get to the end and it's like this really sweet kind of power ballad about like um you know realizing that like celebrities are people too and that you you only see what you want to see type thing um and it's really cool and like they they also um kind of in the same time span released the documentary on netflix which i saw absolutely no one talking about um
1: i saw a clip from that that was really cute it was it
0: it made me respect them so much more like because it goes into like how they were formed um it goes into a little bit of the kind of their life but it's i feel like majority of it is like how they came to be and it's just the craziest like they they've basically long story short been in training to like be in a pop group since they were like 14
1: oh my god
0: like like full-on boarding school like with hundreds of other kids would like train you know Uh, Five days a week, like 10 hours a day, singing, instruments, dancing. It's insane. It's insane. And I think more people need to watch it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw the clip. There's a clip that I think that got put out of them hearing Sour Candy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the
1: first time, and it's them, like, well, what I thought was really interesting when I watched that was like, they're not like giddily, like, oh my God, this is our, like, kind of thing they're like working yes they're like listening to it and like all right here's what we can do and you see one of them kind of voguing a little bit in the back yeah like almost like already kind of trying to work out choreography
0: yes and yes. that was the
1: thing i was like oh you're here to like
0: work like literally like, that should be the title of the documentary is you're here to work
1: you- <laughs>
0: <laughs> because literally the whole time they just spend going like they're all such incredibly hard workers It is absolutely mm-hmm. insane. It like, it also shows like them, um, going to Coachella. Oh really? And like, kind of like the buildup to Coachella. Right. Um, and them being like, yes, it was incredible and Coachella was kind of like the moment that they realized that they were like something big, but mm. also they're all such perfectionists that the only thing they were thinking about the whole time is just like, do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, yeah, I just, I respect them so much more after that. It makes me love the music so much more. And I, yeah, Blackpink or Blackpink in your area, mother trucker. With <laughs> some respect on their name. <laughs> yeah, all gotta right. love the k um, In a full shift and in the other direction (laughs) and a full 180 stop turn reverse and go. Um we're gonna talk about hereditary. Mm -hmm. uh, So I'll start at the very beginning. Um I remember walking I don't remember what movie I saw, but I remember walking out of a movie you know pre-COVID when I used to go to the movies like every other day. And I was walking out and I saw this huge um, setup. Like, you know, in movie theaters, how they have like huge cardboard cutout, like promo basically of movies. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I miss those.
0: (laughs) Yeah, They had, (laughs) oh, I miss them. They had one for Hereditary and it was just a giant house. It was like the outside of their house, but it was upside down and you could like, see in the windows like them just like in their bedrooms oh and i was like what is this i would like just like a feeling washed over me of like oh this is real like cool nothing excites me more for a movie than cool ass promo yeah because it tells me that like every person in every department of every aspect of the film is being looked at and I, I just remember seeing that stand and being like, oh, that's a movie I need to see. I know nothing. I know it's called Hereditary and it's literally an upside down house and that's all I knew. And I remember seeing it, having that be all I know because I didn't even look up a trailer. I was like, I'm just gonna see this movie. I just need to see what it is. Um, and well, <laughs> I was blindsided and shook to my core, Ugh. as an understatement is are both understatements. And as spoilers for anyone going forward: if you're planning on seeing the movie, don't watch, don't listen to the rest of this because we're going to be talking about spoilers. Um, so mm. just want to add that in. But so, <laughs> Matt, what was your uh, what was your initial, what was your like gut reaction to so, uh, you know what to.
1: It- it just kind of broke me. <laughs> um, yeah, meanly. it just kind of like well, because I it was weirder because I went in thinking this movie was gonna be almost this kind of like supernatural thing mixed with family drama, and like I I guess kind of right,
0: maybe. Yeah, I thought I thought going like, into it because I I had seen like. Um, other promo for it I didn't watch the trailers but obviously like in the age of social media you can't really escape like constant promo um, right right but in the promos all the promo was like about um, Charlie the little girl yeah and And I thought going into it that it was going to be like a the little kid is possessed movie
1: (laughs) yes yeah I thought it it was like there is something wrong with this little girl yes and like harm is going to be is going to come from her in some way right and then well (laughs) she hits a a post (laughs) like
0: what a way to start your movie and so this is what i love about hereditary is that kind of what we were saying earlier about haunting of hill house is that it's Mm. more about The trauma and how people deal with trauma this movie like punched you in the gut with that Mm. and it left you and the characters mourning at the same time so like yeah you know they could have started the movie post her dying you know what i mean and it would have been pretty much the same movie. Because you don't necessarily need to know Charlie to understand the plot. You know what I mean? Like, right. Charlie as a person and as a kid doesn't have anything to do with the plot other than they wanted her as a vessel. That's it.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, more or less. And I feel that because you do get to know Charlie, it makes what happens so much easier harder yes and exactly, so much more exactly. in your head
0: that's what i'm saying is like they yeah, yeah. started afterward, but it was way smarter to start with the audience experiencing the trauma with the characters because then mm. it's like i really 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 appreciated and this goes for all movies i really appreciate when movies take their time and land what they need to land um i really appreciated when they took their time Af- of the morning yeah you know mm-hmm. like you all of the shots after that are very slow very somber you get to you know witness um annie the mom's name right yes Annie. you get to witness annie fully fully morning you get to see the aftermath in um in the sun, like going to bed and going to school, just kind of like a zombie. Um, but it also lets the audience sink into it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I, I just think that it's so resembles an act, like, I wanna say a natural death, but like a more naturalistic accident.
0: Right,
1: right, right. Like, so, I think you and I had talked about this, I, kind of, just a number of times, just kind of, I throughout the years of what if we had a movie where the main character just died in the middle of it, and that was literally the end of the movie. Yeah, like got yeah, hit, yeah. like like got hit by a car, mm-hmm. and that was just it. It did like plot unresolved, character, you know, whatever doesn't matter because yeah. that happens. And so this is this is kind of a, a thought exercise. In that is what if we had this what if she died kind of by accident right like yeah i mean yeah she went into shock which you know you don't you don't ever know you know if you're allergic to something you don't always know what's in everything you know you have to check everything right um and having to you know if you're driving late at night and you're panicked because she's going into shock and you need to do that you don't see the you know deer in the middle of the road and swerve and do the thing
0: uh, and and that also you know i was gonna say the acting um of the son like oh, yes i, I will he that is an inimaginable circumstance of being in his shoes mm-hmm. and
1: he uh, just like he kind of nails it yeah because i Have you ever had an experience where you're just so overwhelmed by every emotion that your body responds with nothing?
0: Every, like, it's like your motor skills, your thinking skills, your physical, everything just shuts down.
1: Yes. And I think that is kind of what he is portraying is just that, like, just colossal overwhelmed feeling of, like, oh my God.
0: And also, going back to how you were saying like you know how it's it's a it's an inherently a, a tragic accident um I actually sometimes before I talk about things in the pod I'll go and look up um YouTube videos of kind of other people's theories and other people's like opinions just because I kind of want a more well-rounded um look at whatever yeah. we're talking about and one of the videos I found On this film, was someone's theory that blew my mind? Are you ready? What do you got? So, after the film, during the film, I the only thing that never like I fully didn't fully understand, and I've seen the movies so many times, right? um, Is the intention of putting like the dollhouses in there mm. and like the um the different sets of like the house and the mom building like her workplace and the school and because I was like this feels very intentional why else would this be her hobby you know what I mean and because everything else in the film is so incredibly intentional um I was like why? why what is it About this that makes it important, and the theory I found was that basically it's to say that all of the events that take place in Hereditary were actually not an accident and were actually put in place by the cult themselves. That's why Mm -hmm. you see the symbol on the um, on the um, telephone pole. That she gets her head cut off. That's why um, there's like all of these different sets, and so that they could like move it around and see how everybody's going to react and predict how everything's going to happen. Very much in like a saw type way. Right, right. Um, and that like that made everything click for me. <sighs> because also, if you remember, there's a um, there's a scene in the classroom where. We're mostly focusing on the sun, but in the background, you hear um, the class discussion going on, and basically, the, the teacher—I'm paraphrasing—but the teacher says something like, um, "He's like, so do you think it's more or less tragic that this family, um, you know, had everything coming to them?" And then one of the students is like, "Well, I think it's more tragic because." no matter what they did, they had their fate set out. And so they couldn't do anything about it.
1: That's wild.
0: Right? Like that's happening in the background, like the class discussion.
1: I love when writers do that.
0: Yes.
1: I love when writers just are like, have their whole idea in their head and are not like figuring it out as it goes in a way. Like you can tell... Ari Aster when he wrote this is just like, okay, this is what we're like. This is what we're doing, we're doing cult, and we're doing like this is kind of the concept, right? And it, it tracks the entire way, and even, um, and Midsummer as well,
0: right? And like, even I mean, yeah. even if you look at the very, 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 very beginning of the film, it's a shot, you know, panning around um, the like art studio. But yeah. then it zooms in to the dollhouse, and then that becomes the reality. Like, so it makes you already feel like you're watching a sh- a show within a show.
1: Right. This kind of it has this kind of like almost like all the characters are playthings. Right. So, so to then, be a pun, yeah.
0: Exactly. So so it's it's to say like this is all orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Just sit back and watch.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Which is insane. And also, I really appreciated that because um, the direct, uh, Ari Aster, the director, was asked if, um, if it was less of, like, possession and real life happenings and more of the family's um, mental health kind of deteriorating after Charlie dies. Right. And he was basically like, that's a really cool take on it but no, because I don't like the "oh, it was all a dream in the end" trope. Okay. And I was like, okay, I really appreciate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think there is something to, you know, because I think for a lot of movies with or a lot of content, just with this um, kind of subject matter, with kind of the imagery, that's in this, especially towards the end. Yeah. Um, there's this kind of want to justify it with you know oh, well you know mental illness or you know maybe they you know this isn't really happening or it's a dream or whatever else but I just I do really enjoy the fact that it's like no 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 this, this is happening yeah she's floating like that kind of th- like kind I of think thing
0: it, I think it adds to the horror too because oh, if, yeah. you, if you leave a, a horror movie with the thought of like oh none of that actually happened that's fine No, you leave this horror movie with, (laughs) first of all, the most unhappy ending I think I've probably ever seen.
1: It's Um, up there. It's like, like,
0: I mean, literally everything goes wrong. There's nothing positive about that ending. Yeah. Like, (laughs) because going back to kind of the whole orchestration thing, it's like, because this was their plan and they were going to have their way no matter what, like, you know, the, um, Annie in the beginning at the, at the anonymous meeting mm. talking about how her, um, I think it was her brother committed suicide because he said they were, um, his grandmother was trying to put people inside of him. So like, they've been trying to do this from the beginning and it was going to happen eventually. Right. You know? And so this movie is kind of like, okay, well, here's where it actually happens.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just love this movie so
0: much. Um, Well, okay, so I'm curious to ask you, because we kind of got into this in the survival horror episode I did with um, Mac and his brother. Um, So we both obviously love this movie. Right. And, you know, in a podcast about everything having merit to it and everything and there being kind of a lesson or something good coming out of um all types of media it's it's hard and it's sticky and it's awkward to talk about such an evil negative um movie like this (laughs) but like and find the good in it and I I'm curious to say I'm curious to ask you um kind of your take on that
1: but like, what I did we learn? Know,
0: but I'm curious to know what you think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's insanely hard to look at hereditary and be like, "Well, here's what we'll, here's what I took out of it," um, you know, cults are bad or whatever else. But like, <laughs> right. um, but I mean, it, I don't even think it's necessarily a, a, a message or like a now. Here's what we learned. I think Ari Aster is really interested in people and the lengths people will go to kind of fulfill what they think is right. Yeah. Even though they don't necessarily, even though that doesn't necessarily track with anything societally that we're like, yeah, that's right. So like, that's kind of how, cults are formed is it is a, you know, alternative belief system to what is widely accepted. Right. So I think if I'm going to say it's a, like a message. I would, I would think it would just be something to the tune of, you know, people, people are very dedicated to, what they have been taught is right ah, and yeah. what they have been taught is normal yeah so like
0: and that and that is hereditary no. <laughs> oh my god
1: but like yeah i mean and like like you said they've been at this for a while and so it's one of those things where all these people at one point or another were a blank slate They did not have this belief system did not have this kind of thing forced upon them and then it was, and then that was normal, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, the head goes on the stake here, and then she does the thing, and then yeah,
0: yeah." And I think, I think, um, like you were saying, with it's more about people and how they react to like situations, and like, I think between this movie and Midsummer, which are both directed by Ari Aster, I think, um, I think you're exactly right. I think it's like. Let's take these really, really just normal, average Joe Schmo people, and put them in like the absolute worst, worst life-altering situations, and let's talk about humanity amongst them.
1: Yes, which is so uncomfortable. Which is
0: so uncomfortable, and right, and you know, because in Hereditary, it's like. You know, you have the mom and the dad, you have the son who's like a teenager who just wants to party, and then yeah. you have, like, the awkward little girl. And, like, that's, that's a very, like, um, stereotypical, relatable family setting. Yeah. And then, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen to that family? That happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, systematically. Yeah. And, I mean, I think... And I think he does a really good job of showing that in *Hereditary*, through having the majority of the movie kind of be a family drama. Yeah. For the most yeah. part, mm-hmm. like there, there is no like the floaty fire bits happen towards the end, mm-hmm. kind of after we're like more invested in everyone. Yeah. And alternatively, in *Midsummer*. It's just people. Yeah. Like, there's very little. I'm trying to think of. It's been a while since I've seen. You no, know, I don't think there's any like really like supernatural bits that stick out to me in Midsummer. There's the guy who like throws himself off the cliff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then the guy is sewn into the bear, which is like I don't want to think about that ever again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> horrifying. But yeah. like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just. I think it's really just what humanity is capable of for better or worse
0: yeah absolutely and like I mean even in hereditary like you see the mom before the mom realizes what's happening she does everything she can to keep her family together and is it like the best ways probably not but like, you know, she, she, she immediately starts going to like the therapy groups or the anonymous groups. And then, you know, she finds solace in uh, Joan um, and starts, you know, bridging the gap between like her, her life and the supernatural. And she thinks like, that's going to solve everything. So she goes freaking head first into it, you know? so she's trying and like again like back to what you were saying it's it's about at what lengths will you go for the ones that you love and but what if like i said it's like what but what if it's literally the absolute worst of the worst situation you could think of like in my own family i i don't i'm not even going to th- really mull on it because it's way too much to think about but like in any of our family situations imagine that happening if you have a younger sister and you imagine that happening i
1: don't don't, yeah
0: there's no really worse situation in a family that i can think of
1: yeah for sure i well i think the death of any child is just the worst thing that can happen to a family
0: and not only that, but at the hands of another one of your kids. Right. Like,
1: and you're just kind of like, I mean, I can't even imagine as if I, you know, if I was a parent, what do I, how do you hold these kind of two ideas? Right. In your head. It just, it doesn't.
0: Which, compute. which as kind of a last note, cause we'll have to wrap up a little bit. Yeah. Soon, but, um. Which brings me to my favorite scene in the entire movie, uh, the dinner scene where uh, Charlie has passed. Uh, They're all sitting amongst each other in just the tension of everybody understanding that it was, but it wasn't the son's fault. And nobody's (sighs) nobody's really even saying anything You just hear, like, the clinking of silverware. Um, And then finally you get the sun just being, like, release yourself. Like, just let it out. Tell me how you're feeling. I don't give a crap anymore. Like, lay it on me. Yeah. And she does
1: and then um, and tony colette <laughs> and then tony goes Collette
0: in. was absolutely robbed of an oscar for this movie um, i am
1: your mother like
0: that that monologue is well because it's like is, so what you were just saying was um you know the how do i how do i word it kind of just the culmination and how do you deal with it and what's the fallout um and especially as a parent how do you deal with that with your own kid it's like you know it it technically was his fault and but then you know technically it's not because of the cult but also you know you could take the kid's side of saying like well i didn't want to bring her to the party in the first place you made me bring her just because you thought she needed some social time, you know? Which is a very, like, it's a very a kind of quote-unquote normal family problem as, like, you know, to have one of the kids kind of antisocial and the and the mom kind of want a better life for them. And so, you know, they have the brother yeah. invite her to a party. It's like, yeah, she probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. And so you could go... Just like you better, better. You know, the last of us, it's like when you're placing blame, you can go back and back and back and back and back and backtrack, and ultimately it'll be everyone's fault. Yeah. You know, but that scene to me, I, well, first of all, I love scenes that are very focused at a dinner mm. table. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I love, watching like uh what is that movie what is that uh the play that was made into a movie um something
1: august august osage
0: august osage yes, yes. yeah like something like that where it's like it's just it's just a dinner but it's juicy because there's so much else going on
1: yes um, and that's what i always think is so you're thinking about kind of like to yours, what you're thinking about like those focus scenes like dinner scenes because literally anything could happen right like oh, like yeah i think i scene seen just so well written so well executed in every level and it just works every single time
0: yeah and if nothing else you know my kind of take on the film, if I were to ask myself, like, well, what are are you taking away from it? Um, As a creative and as someone who studied acting and loves acting Mm. and theater and all of that, I think, and it's a shame that just because it's horror, it kind of gets left to the wayside. I think this is one of the best acted horror films of all time. Yes. Like, Top to bottom, the son, Charlie, Annie, the dad, the grandmother, Joan. It's impeccable. And I think if anything, I look at it as like an acting masterclass. Like when I go and rewatch it, because I know most people that I know that I've talked to about it is like, I will never watch that movie again. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, that's understandable because it's a lot. Um, But when I rewatch it, I rewatch it because it's it's so fun to watch them act in this movie because it's just yes. so good and so real, which is something that is also hard to come by in horror. Mm. Like really, really grounded, emotional, intense acting like that.
1: And I think that's just talking to horror as a genre.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: all because I think a lot of genre content out, we can say, I think, horror, fantasy, sci fi, superhero, whatever you kind of want to say, but it, it, it's evolving yeah. and it's leaving the like. I love Friday the 13th, I love Halloween, mm-hmm. I love all you know, those are fun and, and those are great in their place and all of that, yeah, but I think the natural evolution of that is stuff like hereditary it just we're gonna take the genre and we're just tweak it a little bit to make it like capital a art
0: yeah i and i i think we're in kind of a renaissance of horror with like um you know jordan peele
1: yeah i still think about us yeah. I think about us, like the uh, ending and all of that. Oh every, my god. Every, right, every once in a while, and that's my reaction, is just like, oh my like the more I think, I'm just like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, it's just like we're what in a really, we're in a really cool spot for horror because I think I think audience audiences in general are kind of growing tired of like the the jump scare trope. Um and I mean, you know as the nature of this podcast, there is merit to everything. I yeah. love a good jump stare, scare mm. movie. <laughs> mm. I love a good campy, you know, zero plot slasher horror, yeah. you know. But I think it's really cool to see um, it's like ho- how real and grounded can you get with something like Hereditary where mm. it's, the plot is essentially revolving around this really supernatural cult.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think just with the natural kind of what you're we saying, like that, just the next steps in stuff, it, it's just a matter of time, it, or it was just a matter before we got these like kind of grounded, realistic approaches to horror things. And I mean, like, it's not even outside the realm. Of, it's not that outside the realm because cults exist
0: right 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 like
1: yeah. the most uh, you know outlandish thing is that she, she floats <laughs> and that you know gabriel burn bursts into flames
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah but like right
1: but i think ultimately it's just the next step is well let's just take it and go a little bit further and a little bit further and that's how you get this kind of natural just next steps because i mean I'm sure if you look at stuff before kind of the slasher stuff and kind of what was considered really, really scary, like in the seventies and eighties, it was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's not
0: as scary, scary anymore mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. times have changed and things right. are
1: growing. Right. Exactly. And, but then, you know, you look at stuff like Friday the 13th or scream or anything like that. you are like, okay, this is, this has its place and this has its merit. And this is, totally. Yeah, especially Scream. Scream's great.
0: Totally. And I, and I think, like, this was also one of the first horror movies in a while that I've seen as, um, like, the reaction was pretty overwhelmingly positive. And by mm-hmm. positive, I mean, people respected it and people liked it and people thought, like, this is really doing something. Um, because most of the time, kind of the general reaction to most horror movies is like, was it scary or not? Yeah. And people's reaction to this was like, oh, it was just really good. Whether or not it was scary, it's just a good movie.
1: Yeah, I think just across the board, it was just, I think, just celebrated. And that he just, Ari Aster just shot up into the stratosphere. And then he drops Midsummer, and then we're still waiting on his third, I believe.
0: Ugh. Please. Which, Give me so much more Ari Aster. I'll take it
1: all. I'd be interested to see if he does something I, I'm all for him doing another cult thing because he does that really well yeah. but I would love to see him do something different. I would love to see his approach to other horror-y things but yeah. I would love to see him do like a ghost story. Oh yes. Or do like a zombie movie or something. Yeah like,
0: totally. Yeah I agree. Ari, if you're
1: listening. <laughs> well, we know he's a friend of the pod.
0: Duh. Yeah, he listens. Right. Well, uh, listeners can write in to entermentaltainment enter at gmail.com and tell us what you think what works or what does not work for the show. We're open to suggestions on topics you'd like us to talk about or how we can make the podcast better. Also, listeners can write in about anything going on in their personal lives. Let us know if you'd like to be anonymous or not. And instead of giving advice, we give recommendals, which are entertainment media recommendations that would be insightful for you to consume. Or if we can't think of anything in particular, we'll give you some brief, non-professional advice. Also, if you'd like to support me and my business, this podcast, and anything I do creatively, you can follow my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash uh, where for the month of October, as part of the annual 31 Nights of Halloween, I'm streaming horror games every night at 7 p.m., and horror movies every Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, or you can also subscribe to my Conicline Patreon. Well, that will grant you perks, including shoutouts on the podcast, dance tutorial videos, specialized thank yous, and so much more. Uh, make sure you're following us here on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And Matt, thank you so much for um, coming on the pod again. Always a pleasure.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, God bless you. Tony Colette. Yeah, God bless. God bless Tony Collette. Ah, oh, that performance, man. All right, stay geeky, stay freaky, stay you, and remember to please consume kindly.